1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiancé Rahapa Up podcast. We are here, of course, to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiancé, specifically Happily Ever After Season 7, Episode 16. I am, of course, the host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, who is Akili, ready to talk about this once more. Now, before I get in, let me introduce my amazing guest, You may have heard him as recently as last week. Back here once again, gracing us with his lovely presence is one half of the uh, Perfect Match Married at First Sight podcast with Asia Welsh and also a co-host over on Posture Recaps talking welcome to Chippendales. It is Jason Reed. Jason, how are you doing? Pouya, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me again.
3: I just had to talk about the mess again. And I mean, listen, if anyone out there ever disparages you listeners for watching 90 day fiance, just say, say to them this, like where else can you get a mini catfish episode and two, not one, but two relationships where the woman counterpart is expected to adopt a child in their fifties and sixties. Where else can you find that?
1: There is no other show quite like this. Let's be honest. We got like eight shows roll into one. And some of it we would like to see some of it. They could have kept in the on the cutting room floor. Yet here we are. It's fine. We're cool. Everything's cool. Um, But yeah, this was quite an interesting episode. Now, before we dive into anything, Jason, let me tell the audience some good news. We have a date for the tell all, meaning this season will indeed end. Never fear. Finale is almost here. Sounds like. The finale will probably be on the 25th, which is Christmas or next week. And if they're doing a Christmas bye week, we'll see because the tell all week uh, part one tell all is going to be on the 1st of January. We're going to kick off the new year with the tell all. And here's the bad news. It is a three part tell all. There's a whole lot of tell all for this um, show, but they're going to do something is going to beat a dead horse with this tell all. So we'll see how that goes.
3: But what is, what is there three parts to tell what like they've, they've really beaten the dead horse already in this season. What are we going to talk about? And I mean, if you had a new year's (laughs) resolution of like no trash TV, throw that
1: out the window. They're, they're forcing on you the first day of the new year. Yeah. New Year's same old you, you have to deal. Here's what I think, right? and Shaida are going to take up two of the three parts about whether or not they're going to have a baby because that's what we've been seeing this season with them. And that only, so that's going to happen. And then uh, we're going to see a little bit of everyone else. Very little. Not a lot. Yeah, I mean, let's let's have yet another
3: conversation, Bala and Shite, about why Bala doesn't want to have a child, or if he wants to have a child, or when you're going to have a child. This will be the probably the second tell-all in a row they address that issue.
1: Yeah, so that'll be coming soon. We do not have any information on what the next season's going to be and who is going to be on it, whether it's a whole new cast of couples or a... um. Uh, what's it called? A, a returning season. Do not know that yet. Can't tell you that yet, but I'm assuming we'll get that probably in this week since it'll be about a month until when the season ends ends. So we'll find out when I do. I'll let you know. But until then, this is what we've got going on. Let's kick things off, Jason, and let's go over to a couple that is currently dealing with some of that adoption drama you talked about. Of course, we're going to talk about Jenny and Sumit. So. So Jenny and Sumit are having dinner with Sumit's dad, Sumit's brother, Sumit's sister-in-law, and of course, Jenny's daughter and uh, daughter-in-law as well. And in this conversation, Jenny does end up bringing up at the sale in the last episode that, hey, maybe we'll just move to the U.S. if it's going to upset you with us being here. Maybe we'll be better for you this way. And um, basically, Sumit's dad said, do it. yeah i dare you called his bluff called her bluff so yeah sure go ahead i don't
3: care either he's going to be here i don't see him or he's going to be in america and i don't see him it doesn't
1: matter like do whatever you want like really calling the bluff here this is a very very smart gamble by the dad because he says that him and his wife so Sumit's mom uh believe that this man and jenny will not last more than two years so he's like fine but also he's like, that's what my wife believes. And, you know,
3: husband 101, he goes, yeah. And that's what I believe, too, because mm-hmm. she believes it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to believe it. OK.
1: Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. That is the um. that is the situation. They, they he said, by all means, go for it. And in the middle of all this, obviously, Sumit is in shock because he doesn't want to move to the U.S. He hasn't really voiced this properly to. um. Uh, uh, J- to Jenny yet, so that's going to be a situation that we're going to see. Um, what do you think is going to go down here when that conversation does happen? Because we get a bit of it today, but not the whole pie. When the adopting kids conversation, yeah, I felt like we had it. I felt like it was no, shot not it. the adopting kids part, the uh, the U.S. part of it. Because I don't think I know. We talked; they talked about it at the end here, oh. but I feel like that's a conversation that requires. A, both approval to get the paperwork going and then a constant being on the same page for two years while they're waiting i just simply do not see a world where sumit signs up
3: no sumit is is never going to go anywhere he he wants to stay where he is he wants to win his mommy's love back and that's what he that's what his goal is at the moment and really this episode really shown a light on like how much how much of a priority his family takes over Jenny? You know, we always get that every episode, but here even more so. Like he's willing to sell her with a child to make this problem try and go away. To have like, well, see, we have a kid now, isn't that that better? Like he's willing to try anything to get his his parents' love back, even forcing a child on Jenny who doesn't want one.
1: It's insanity. It's insanity, and you know the only person signing up for that is Sumit, of course. So then. The family trip thing ends. Okay. That's all that came from it. He did ask ask, at the end of it. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Let me ask this. Do you think we, I I like the fact that we're, we may be saving mom as like a boss battle at the end of the the season. Do you think
1: we'll get her by season's end uh, meeting up back with them? No, I think at best we can see her at the tell-all, but genuinely given how long it's been since we've seen her, part of me feels like she's like done, done. Like she ain't making an appearance at all.
3: So yeah, I just wasn't sure if this was like a video game type of thing. Like we got the aunt who's like the second to last villain. Mm-hmm. We have the father who was the <laughs> you know, the, the next one, and then the the villain to end them all is the mom. And they have to work to defeat her. Which will never, he will never be
1: defeated. Well, typically in a video game, in order to get the next boss, you have to beat that boss. If that boss beats your ass, then you are not That's going true. further. And they right? haven't beaten, they haven't beaten any
3: bosses yet. They didn't beat the aunt. They haven't beat the dad. So well, they just keep having to like all
1: the time. He, they at one point did beat the brother because the brother was on their side. They've lost that battle. That <laughs> battle got reversed. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, if anything, they're meeting all the bosses, but they can't beat any of them. Yeah,
3: so, I, I love Sumit's panic in the in the dinner. He's like, I really hope my brother doesn't say anything about the kids because I haven't told Jenny yet. Like, yikes! Oh, Sumit, like, what, like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, so Sumit's shocked right at the mention of moving to the U.S. and he's definitely upset that that was brought up when he hadn't gotten to talk to her about it. Which I'm like, yeah, uh, you also have thought about stuff that you've not talked about with her yet that you should. And we're going to get to that right now. So we're currently the next scene. We're on Christina and Jen's last day in India. They're about to go back to the U.S. And he took them to this really nice historical place for them to hang out. And when mention of U.S. comes ahead because Jen's uh, sorry, Christina's argument was, well, you know, since you are going to be, you know, in a place where the approval is not coming, maybe it's time that you go to the U.S. and, and move to us where. You'll be loved and supported. And Sumit tried every excuse, right? It was like, nah, I don't know. I don't think I could adjust there. she And then, like, well, Jenny did. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Jenny did. Jenny came into a country where she doesn't know the language. She does not know the culture. She doesn't know the mindset. And like she ad- adapted to be with you for 10 years. Your turn. And then he also again mentions the family and how he doesn't want to like lose his parents. And then when Jenny brings up that she had seen a lawyer over this, that's where Sumit found some ground to stand on. over. Like he said that he was upset that she talked to a lawyer behind his back.
3: Yeah, I mean, this gives some justification to, you know, to whip out the, you know, how about the kids thing? And, you know, Jenny talks about, you know, well, you know, I have adjusted to being here. I mean, have you, Jenny? It feels like you pretty much just stay in your house and have Sumit do anything else. You haven't learned any of the language. You haven't learned too much of a culture besides wearing a sari, but that's about like the length of that you've gone. So I'm Nothing. not sure if she's actually adjusted well. She just kind of been, you know, in her house. Yeah, well, thing.
1: you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But at the very, very, very least, she absolutely made the move, right? She, right. She, one of the things she mentioned in confessional was the fear factor the fact yeah. that she put aside her fears and took the leap and moved there and she would hope that sumit would you know put his fears aside and take the leap with her here yeah all the credit
3: to jenny for leaving her friends and family behind i mean i don't want to get that twisted but i don't know about how much he's adjusted she's just kind of moved places but she has left all of her friends and family and it's the height of like I don't know, hypocrisy. I don't know if that's the word for Samit to be like, yeah, I don't. That's real tough. I don't know if I could really do that. That's like, that's, that's crazy. Who would do that? Who would leave their friends and family behind? Meanwhile, Jenny said, they're like, uh,
1: me. Yeah, I would. I did. And I do it again for you because I love you. And then this was Samit's time to say, well, you know, uh, uh you know in 30 in two years I'll be 35 and you know I'm, I'm maybe start thinking about having kids and if I adopt kids I want to have them here in India so that they can see they, you know, they can get to know my family as well. And this is where the whole conversation gets derailed because obviously if you've been living and and married and in a relationship with someone for so long, these are conversations that have either come up and you know where the other person is and what they feel about them. Right. So having kids is a huge thing. Uh, living abroad is a huge thing. Living in a di- moving to a different state, quitting your job. These are big things that you talk to your counterpart about and you know what, if you're on the same page or not, because otherwise you won't make the leap if it's a deal breaker.
3: Yeah. And even Johnny sounds- says, like, we, we, it was understood that we yeah. weren't having kids. Like, I am 60 whatever years old. Like, you knew it wasn't happening. So why go through with this if you quote unquote wanted kids? Right.
1: So now, uh, he's bringing this up. That's not going to work when they press it to give reasons why this is happening and why he's considering this. He does fully. I mean, credit to him. I don't think credit. I think he's more stupid than anything, but he fully tells them, you know, this could make them happy. If I have and if I have a kid, I want them to be here just to see the kid. So, okay, so you're having a kid for the family. That's why you don't want to leave. Because if you have a kid, you want it for your parents, not so much for you and Jenny.
3: Yeah, it's so it was so funny just to have him write out like straight out admit that like, yeah, I just feel like it'll be better for if for my family in my relationship. if I just have a kid. I don't don't really want a kid per se, but I just think it will help me get my parents back. Like he just outright admits that to everyone sitting there because I mean, I think at first they're all like, "Okay, well, you decide you want kids now. He's like, no, not really. I just want my parents
1: back. Right. Which. Again, I can't give him credit because I think it was a slip and I think it was he didn't mean to say it like that, but he fully did. And I don't see this going into a good place for them. I feel like, again, we've talked about anchor babies on this show. It seems like three of these couples are doing some semblance of that. And this one is very clearly for a specific reason. Now, unfortunately, they're not on the next time on, so Give it another bye week. The next time we see them, obviously, Christina and Jen are probably not going to be there and it's going to be the two of them. and. Will we get to a place where we know what's going on with them, Jason? Now that we know there's a finale looming? No. My big thing is that if truly next week is either the finale or the penultimate before the finale, the fact that we're still at this stage with them means that Pennsylvania and Sumita for the next season they can be on because this isn't over, unfortunately. Oh, I'm just I'm just wondering what a
3: finale for them would look like. Like what because I mean they usually try and give us a You know something for the finale of like a definitive answer of of something. So I'm really wondering what that's going to be. Is it going to be a threat of Jenny leaving and then they leave us on like a little cliffhanger or something? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just wondering what that will be because I just cannot see Submit agreeing to go to America. I I think that right that could be an ending, but I just don't see that happening. And I I tell you, I tell you one thing, Submit. Like you better come up with something fast because this is getting old. Like this whole. Jenny's not uh, accepted by my parents. We got to come up with some new storylines. So, You might have to like, you know, fight the bullet, maybe come to America if you want to stay on the show.
1: Yeah. Cause I think if, if we start looking at some of these and predict their end game, we can maybe see if there's chapter closes or if it's going to be left open. And with them, the options are they get the family's approval, which is literally negative percent chance. Um, Sumit agrees to go to the US, which even if that happens, we've already know there's a two year process. So that means they're going to be on the show longer. So that's not an ending. That's a cliffhanger. And then she agrees to adopt the child, which would still take a long time. I don't think there's any end here outside of, yeah, uh, Jenny says, I'm leaving. And then that's the cliffhanger and they're done. And then we don't see them again. So all of that to say, I think Jenny and Sumit are safe to be on another season?
3: Yeah, I I just want something more for them because we. It feels like we've gone through three seasons in a row that they've been on that we've had the same conversations. Like, is is Sumit's parents going to accept Jenny? I mean, they got married, which was like a big thing for in their story, which kind of kept their their story afloat. Uh, but now they're married. Like, what else do we have to do? Like, what else is going to happen?
1: Only time will tell, and even then, time may never end with these two. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Uh, let's jump to the next couple here, who also have a bit of a more of the same storyline, and that's Jovi and Yara. So,
3: yeah. Puya, yeah. let me let me stop you right there. Please. I think I think editor's note: just slice what we
1: talked about last week and just put it right in here. I think it was the same thing. You know, me and you joked about this in the pre-show, and I'll repeat it here. They have a very similar situation to Bala and Shaida, which is exact same fight every episode, just different background. So this episode... We got a nice mountain scene. got out nice mountain scenery this episode. Exactly. It's, oh, uh, we're fighting about whether or not you get to stay in Europe, but on mountains. Make it nature. That's really (laughs) what's happening here. So yeah, so they're going on a hike, right? And by they, I mean the four of them. uh, Jovi, Jovi's friend. Yara, Yara's friend. They're all going on a hike and Jovi's still upset that Yara wants to consider staying in Europe. He feels like she doesn't care about their family and that this is a betrayal and he doesn't love that. And Yara obviously feels resentment towards Jovi, who is genuinely uh, not giving her any, any opportunity to consider staying here.
3: Yeah, I mean, it will be talked about throughout their segments, but it's like as as much as Jovi keeps pushing, the more she feels like she wants to stay there. And it's almost kind of like a a little bit of a pettiness a little bit because, I mean, it's just like, oh, well, you want me to leave with you so bad. I really consider just staying here just to show you.
1: I'm yeah, and, I, I, and it's not smart at all. It is not no. smart at all uh, from Jovi, but that would be, you know, you will never be calling Jovi smart. I don't think he's an intelligent person here. Uh, so we find out that Jovi has to go back in two days. He has work in two days. And Karina, Yara's friend, really tries to convince Jovi to stick around. Like, you know, if she stays, we can hang out more and then we can help other women from the from Ukraine. And Jovi has a confession where he talks about how Yara's easily influenced with uh, from anyone around her. So in the U.S., it was her friends here it's her mom and Karina and to that all I have to say is Jovi if your wife has differing opinions to you that doesn't mean she's being influenced that means she has different opinions than you and yeah. that some other people in her life may also have those opinions it doesn't mean that everyone is influenced because they're not being influenced by you
3: yeah Jovi's like I, I'm upset everyone's influencing her and I can't be the one influencing her that's what he's upset about he's upset that he can't have his way and tell his wife what
1: to do right so all of this is happening. And then what I loved was this line from Karina, which may be my favorite line of the episode. Uh, Jovi, why don't you hear her vision? You're being selfish. Daggers. you burnt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
3: just, you know, I like I liked Karina like talking about like, you know, she can stay. Or she can help other women from Ukraine. She hasn't helped a single woman from Ukraine, Karina. Like, Except she, for Karina, let's be fair. She, she bought Karina, bought Karina some, some clothes, clothes and took her and
1: to a pool. Yeah, listen, it's therapeutic. Oh, After okay. going through a lot, I, I feel like it's therapeutic. That's good. But um, I feel like that part is obviously thrown in and be like, you wouldn't want to, you know, you're not saying that you wouldn't want other women and other people who are dealing with being in a war-torn country to, to you know, find some safety, right? Because yeah, if you Jovi. say no, you're, you're an ass. <laughs> um, so not withhold help for other women. Are you yeah. Jovi? And here's the thing. I feel like Yara has the intentions, the good intentions to both help and do stuff and like, um, you know, help where she can. I don't know how much her reaches or their reach is going to be that part. I have no idea about, but just even if we remove that for one second to talk about it, She has not seen her family in two and a half years. So she's getting to see her best friend. She's getting to see her mom and she wants to stay a little longer, which is not something she hasn't said before. She has said this before that she would like to go visit for a longer period of time. You said, wait, let us go to Europe together. And to me now it's very clear. He wanted them to go to Europe together. So then he could make her come back with him. That's what it was.
3: Yeah. It's just, he is, (laughs) he, he really just wanted to stay in control And he's not getting that. So he's throwing like hissy fits and temper tantrums at every other, you know, minute of the day when it's really just it's 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 sensical for her to stay there while he's at work. It it, to me, it makes all sense in the world. And for him to have this weird fear that she is going to stay, you know, in Europe. Uh, for an extended amount of time when uh, we talked about this last week when legally she probably couldn't really anyway unless she wants to totally give up her green card Uh, and it just doesn't it's sensical for her to be like I just want to stay for a little bit while you're gone because I don't want to be alone in the house with uh, with
1: Milo right so all of this okay all this happening and then she does have a line where she says you know I've been miserable for the last two and a half years why can't you let me be happy and this is one of the big problems with being with someone like Jovi, he will hear the parts that will help his argument. Because it was very clear the minute she said the word miserable, he was going to run with this word moving forward. Because in the next scene, we see him telling us that, you know, he had no idea that she was miserable being in the States. I feel like she was very clear from the minute you took her to Bourbon Street that she was not vibing with this place. I think that was very clear. I think all of us knew she wasn't in loving it.
3: Yeah, but for her to say, like, I was, if for her to say, I'm, I've been miserable for the last, you know, two and a half years. It's like, hyperbolic. Damn. Like, damn, you've been miserable as you've been having your child. Like, you've been miserable. I mean, I, she's definitely been unhappy. We know that. We know that she has not been ecstatic with her with the situation where she's living uh, in America. We get that. Boom. But for you to say that you've been miserable. I think that's a little much, Yara, but he does take it and run with it like it's a football. Yeah, like He's running toward the,
1: the, the end zone. Because I think she tried. She tried in other ways to say it. She's been saying, you know, I'm, I'm not happy. I miss my family. I miss my home. Europe feels like, you know, it's something I've missed in my life. The minute I came back here, I felt comfortable here, blah, 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 blah. Everything she said, Jovia said no. So the last thing you could say is I've hated it here. It's been awful in the U.S. I want to stay because now that's all you can say without him, uh, you know, being able to push back all that much. And because I don't think I genuinely do not think she, when she's saying miserable, she means miserable. Obviously, I think she loves having had Mila. There are moments in the U.S. that she's really enjoyed her time, but then you think about the months that Jovi's at work and she's at home alone raising a child in a country that she's not really got like foundations in. I can see the those parts being not so much fun for her. Yeah, I think if
3: she had just adjusted it slightly and say, you know, when you're not there, I, it's terrible. Like, I'm all alone. If she just adjusted it that way, but not because when she says I've been miserable for the last two and a half years for in Jovi's brain in his like alcohol addled brain, it, he hears, you know, I have been terrible. It's been terrible living with you. Like, I, mm-hmm. I've been with you for two and a half years and it's been miserable. Like, I hate our relationship. I right. hate you. Like, that's what he's hearing. And that's what he's responding to.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, obviously, Jovi takes this to use as an argument similar to what Bilal does. Right. Which is, you know, I'm insecure. And now that you've said this, why would I trust that you'd come back? Like, why would I trust that if I left you uh, here that you wouldn't just stay? and not come back with my daughter you know he mentions that if he if she stays in europe that might drive more of a wedge between them which i don't think so i think what drove a wedge between them is him suffocating her and smothering her which is exactly how she feels um so that's not ideal for for her and i feel like the more and more he pushes and insists that she leaves with him because he at one point said you're leaving with me and that's fine i was like yeah okay that's never gonna work
2: here
3: yeah it, 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 it's he, he's put on these weird big boy pants whereas like he he doesn't own big boy pants like to wear in this relationship like Yara's gonna be like okay Jovi, whatever i'm actually just gonna stay here and you're gonna do nothing about it because you don't own me like some piece of property i can stay where i want mm-hmm. to stay i think he's gonna look rather foolish when that happens uh for as part of it i think it's interesting that she is and I think it's a part of their kind of back and forth and the, the little bit of pennies that we talked about where she's like, now that he's demanding, she's not going to relent where she doesn't, she had at no point says, Jovi, don't be ridiculous. I'm not going to leave you. Uh, I love you. I will come back meet like, as soon as you come back from work." she doesn't say any of that to really kind of ease his mind. She's just like,
1: well, that's your insecurity. Like, <laughs> like, so, I mean, it, she has a part in it as well. Well, it's hilarious because I felt like she kind of was doing that a little bit last episode. And then the minute she did, that's when Jovi said, You know what? We need another baby. I feel like oh that's the, that'll solve everything. So it's like again, anytime she's tried to come to him with better verbiage or a better approach, I don't feel like it's gone through to Jovi. So now this is like the the last part. It's like you're out of bullets, you throw the gun. It's like, yeah, all right, exactly. I'm just I'm just doing it. I'm just I I am miserable, so I'm not gonna do that again. Um, and then in the next time on, it looks like she might be staying. Did you get the same vibe? Yeah, I mean, we can never trust a 90-day Beyonce next never. time on edit. Uh,
3: so I mean that's definitely what it looks like. Um, so we'll see what actually happens. I do I do I, Yara is a fantastic like character on this show because she's so quick-witted and she even like even in the middle of these confessionals, she's calling Jovi on his insecurities. Like you're just upset because you're losing control over me. And, and when Jovi tries to be like, you know, our our we, our cultural differences are such a big issue. She's like, no, our cultural differences have nothing. Our cultural differences have nothing to do with your trust issues, Jovi. Like I was like, damn, she called about all that shit. So I was like, you know, very uh, love Yar with calling it like she sees it.
1: Yeah, I lo- I'm looking forward to. Yara getting you know what she wants here which is stay but what I'm not looking forward to is what that's going to cause in the tell-all which is going to include a lot of um uh what's it called a lot of Jovi pity partying himself at the tell-all but then I hope that some of the other cast members may potentially roast him a little bit that's what I would like and I feel like the prime candidate for that is Andre so let's see that happen yeah I would I would love to see that yeah so that would be great. We shall see. We shall see. All right. Let's take a quick break. Jason, when we come back, we're going to do our speed run of Michelangelo. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Head and Liz. That's the one. We'll be right back. All right. Let's move along swiftly and talk about Big Ed and Liz first. So Big Ed and Liz were looking at properties, looking at new places to move to. Uh it was way above their price range, so that place isn't going to happen, but then also they had ta- considered moving to a new city having a new new start. So now in the midst of all this, Liz as she has told us is going back to work. She would like to, you know, get the savings back up a little bit. We learned a little bit about her background with her daughter and the uh, daughter's father and the complications that could arise from that. Um, And then on the other side, Big Ed obviously has big insecurities as well with her going to work. And the episode was all focused about Liz's work decision to go back to work essentially.
3: Yeah. I just, you know, and we find out that she's gaining a full partnership where in my mind, I'm like, so how do you go from you just came back from a, you know, long like kind of absence to just now after a couple of days of being back full time, now you're being offered a partnership. It it felt very like a product placement for me where like the, the chef is meeting with her. She's like, He's like, and I want you to be a partner at uh, in, what, what was it called? Encanto or something like that. That's a Disney
1: movie. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> whatever the name of the restaurant is, basically.
3: Yeah. And like they made sure to have like the all the shirts, the hats, all all the name of the restaurant that she works at. So that was so like suspect. To me. I was like, so all of a sudden you come right back to work. And a few days later, you get offered to be a partner in the restaurant. It all felt very weird.
1: It's it's a quick move, right? Especially if one of your employees just doesn't work, doesn't work, then comes back full time. And they're the one that gets the partnership offer out the gate. It isn't suspect, but it's just curious. I'm curious how that came about and what indicated. Because it's all weird, Jason, right? Talking about moving to another city, but then going back to work full time here doesn't add up to me. Because if you were going back to work full time at a restaurant, not on, not online work where you can work from anywhere, you are bound to that city. So you're not really looking at moving unless the idea was and we're going to look into moving and then we might just move. But then you have to find a whole new job to do that. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in the short term, she could have gone back to work as a, as a manager until they figured out, you know, where they are going to buy a house? I mean, Because the house buying process is a lengthy process. So mm-hmm. it's not like a, next week we're going to buy a house and move into it. It's a lengthy process to buy a house. I can understand her going back to work at the restaurant she already worked at until they figure out where they're going to live. But for 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 a, a couple, she said a couple days she's been back and got this offer it was like, what, that, that's weird. It just makes me feel like they're owner of the restaurants. Like, I mean, if, if we make you a partner, here, you're going to probably going to shoot a lot of a, a lot of scenes here. Right. And give us some free publicity. <laughs> like, that's what it felt <laughs> like. To me, I was like, that's just
1: weird. I don't like I feel like they would be smarter than that. Right. Because not all press is good press, especially with a reality TV audience that does not like this man. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, business is booming. I feel like that's worse. That's like the inverse of what you should be doing. Distance yourself. Change the name of the company while you can.
3: I I feel like. I feel like that the press is not the the toxic nature of Ed and Liz are not going to transfer over to the restaurant. I feel like as long as you get in the restaurant's name out there, you'll be fine. I feel and you know, I feel in our circles, we know big ed is trash. But I feel like unfortunately, with that the way the world way. is. Yeah, with the way the world is, big ed still has a lot of fans out there and there will be people Ooh. that want to go to that restaurant to hopefully <laughs> like see Liz or something. Like I think that I unfortunately
1: there are big ed fans out there in the world. That is a sad fact that I didn't want to think about, but fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Now, when it comes to the next scene we see, obviously this offer of partnership comes up. And one of the things we learned while they were having their little date outside talking about her going back to work was that um, can you potentially consider not working really late at night? Because I'm Big Ed, I'm Big Insecure. I, I'd rather you not have a drink after work with your coworkers. I'd rather you have a drink with me on the sofa snuggling. And he says that he feels like the workforce is younger and they just want to make money and party. And he doesn't want that for, for Liz. So we'll put a pin in that for a second and then talk about this partnership offer. If she gets partner, obviously she has to work more. And that um, that would require her to work more, work later, do inventory at midnight and so on and so on and so on. And Big Ed initially was at the restaurant to support her 150%. It felt like the minute she gave him this, she gave him this news. He fully retracted all of those thoughts. He fully retracted all those thoughts and said, "No, I feel this feels like she's choosing my her career over us. This feels like a lot more work. It's eighty hours. I don't want that. I want a wife. What? Pick a lane.
3: Right. It, you either are supportive or you're not, and in." in- and like he wears his insecurity on his sleeve like he wear he you can like see it on him where he's just like she will meet like younger like hotter people than me and she will leave me uh and she will you know hang out with these young people that don't like me for whatever reason only because I'm a toxic douchebag how dare they um i don't know it just it it reeks of like insecurity and just fear for it
1: yeah, I mean, 100%. And this is never going to end well for for Ed because the more he tries to, similar to Jovi, the more you try and smother her and like hold her close and micromanage, the more she's going to want to get away from you. The, in in the previous scene, literally, he said that he's, go- he's happy that she's going to go back to work because he wanted to feel empowered. He wants to give her space, but also he wants her to miss him. And that's not going to happen if you're going to still be like, but it comes with these conditions, which then when she he gave the condition, she was like, "Okay, well, you know, it's your way your terms. I'm fine with that. He's like, no, no, no. It's our terms. And she was like, no, that's not what it is. This is what you say goes. And that should be very made very clear here.
3: I love that push and pull of where like, she, she is not relenting to make this a us decision. Like she's telling him straight. Oh, this is a you decision. I'm going along with it. I do not agree with you. Like, no, it's, it's an us thing. Like, no, 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 it's, it's all you buddy. This is all your, your thing you're putting on me. I will not, uh, you know, say that I'm with this, but I will, I don't know why she was bowing down to him in this way, where she's like, you have your way. That's fine. It, it was just a fun push and pull in that, in that scene
1: yeah i did enjoy that quite a bit and then the next time on for them uh they're fighting so we'll see how that plays out (laughs) Uh, listen we went like two or three whole
3: episodes out them like screaming at each other and threatening to like blow up their relationship that's that's like a
1: record i think i think it is a record and i did not miss the fighting so we'll see how i feel next week when they're fighting and also other couples are also fighting a lot of fighting next episode
3: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the
1: Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: All right. So then let's move over to the next couple on the list here. And that is Angela and Michael. So Angela and Michael... Um, she is still with him. They're still in Nigeria. Everything's going well from the looks of it. But in the last episode, he did get a message from the goofballs to hang out. And now Angela is agreed to go hang out with them. Angela still doesn't understand how the, um, he has found this out, how they have found out that she is here. And she would like to know that because she has said that she told him you can't talk to them. And by them knowing he must have talked to them. So she wants to get to the bottom of that, but at the same time, she wants to support Michael and wants to support the marriage. And is going to be on her best behavior in no world that I think that was ever going to track, Jason.
3: Of course not, Puya. If this was a fun, like nice meeting, we would have never seen it. Like this, (laughs) this whole meeting was set up just for some some fun drama and it delivered, I would
1: say. I would say it definitely did pay its dividends. Do you want to run the audience on how the meeting uh, between Angela, Michael and the goofballs went? Well, listen, Yeah, they, they get there, meet up with the goofballs. It starts out pretty
3: well. Like one, of the, I, you know, I think Adi is the goofball that like compliments her new look. He's like, Hey, you're looking very nice. She's like, Oh, thank you so much. And then like one of the funniest parts of the episode for me, when Angela asked us, so how did y'all know? I was in Nigeria. They said, oh, it was the talk of the neighborhood with you, you know, causing a scene and wrecking Michael's car. It, it it really gave vibes of like when Godzilla's in your neighborhood, you know, like, you know, when Godzilla starts wrecking shit. Like, you don't have to be told by anyone. You just hear it. You can hear the footsteps coming and you know that Angela's in town. Uh, the the goofballs say you know they 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 want they set up this meeting to encourage Michael to stand his ground about the Instagram and to to stand up to Angela. Uh, and in that vein, they they ask him about Instagram, and uh Angela turns it on them and says, "Well, you know, if y'all are really his friends, you would have stopped him from using Instagram and almost causing us to to get divorced and told him not to do it." Angela says, "They're not good. They're not good friends to Michael." Uh, and then the goofballs, well, I think Adi's, Adi's the big like talker here. He says, you're not good for Michael. And Angela starts yelling at the goofballs and starts to cause a scene. And Adi says, we're not the ones effing you, so you need to calm down. Which is like, oh, oh no. <laughs> that, that started the whole scene, which you was like... You did it
1: now. You said yeah. calm down, and you know that's not what's going to happen.
3: <laughs> yeah, so you know the Angela an episode of Jerry Springer can pop off at really... Any moment, and I mean Michael makes a good a good show of it, and really kind of stands up to his friends and says, "Hey, don't talk to my wife like that. Don't tell her to calm down." So, I mean, Michael did his job here, and you know, in telling his friends not to talk to his wife like that, was was this a setup by Michael to like look good in front of Angela?
1: You know, there's definitely a chance that this was exactly what that was, and. It works out nice for him if it is. One of them got the memo. Peter did not. Peter just kind of silently was also there. Yeah. Now where it goes from here, right? Michael is le- planning on leaving for the States. The visas in its, in the, in, in its way, they have fixed the relationship. So all of that to say, we shall see what happens with them because she does leave Nigeria at the end of the episode. And we'll see where that takes us from here. We'll see where that takes us from here. And uh low key, uh, nothing would make me happier. Nope, <laughs> actually, that's a lie. I genuinely don't see a world where we don't see her again on this show, unless Ugh. the fan outcry, fan outcry is loud enough. Because either he gets the visa and they they have a whole new like ninety day season where he's on there as like his first time in, in America, or they don't get the visa. They she goes to him other way, or. They split up and Angela on the single life. I do not see a way we get, we escape this woman. I really don't. That's all. That is just
3: bad. I mean, the only, the only one of those scenarios I would take is seeing Michael in America. Cause I think there is some entertainment value to be had from that. I think it's definitely a new would definitely be new to their story. Um, I did like in Michael's in the last part of this, the segment, Michael's like, I guess I'm back to being single. He's like, oop, I, I guess uh, single being married is what he means. Like, I, I found that to be a funny little slip up on part.
1: Yeah. So that was funny at the airport. And then on the next time on, something has happened. Angela's seen something or heard something about Michael. And she is sad because, no, there's no way I can even defend him for this. I do not know what it is. Loki don't care what it is, but (laughs) the drama didn't last for a little while. And now, obviously, it's right back where we started.
3: I'm sure that Angela will be totally justified in whatever she's seeing and whatever has happened. I'm sure she has great reason to be this upset because we all know Angela and she's very rational and, uh, you know, and calm. So this perhaps have to be so upset. It has to be something real, right? Yeah, obviously. It's oh, it's
1: yeah. pre like you know, he did something to to earn that, of course. That's we never doubted that for a second, obviously. All right. Let's move into another couple here that we haven't seen in a little bit. It is Andre and Libby. Now, this was a very weird episode for Andre and Libby cuz obviously next week spoiler alert, we will have the family therapy that we've been w- <laughs> calmly waiting for for a month. We're going to get that. This episode was a little bit over the map for them. So first of all, update on their immigration status. Still nothing has come through. So we'll see how that goes. Chuck is visiting the two of them and they're chit-chatting a little bit. And Chuck lets us know, and them, that he has met someone. He met someone online and that they're both, you know, they're both cancer survivors and they've bonded and he would, he you know, this could potentially be a new love interest in the horizon. And then Andre suggests, oh, we should go to like Hibachi and have a double date. And Libby's like, no, we should not be. It's their first time meeting. And Chuck's like, no, no, no. Actually, if you were there, it made me feel more comfortable. So out the gate, let's ask this question, Jason. You're meeting someone for a date face to face for the first time. Do you think double date is the move or do you think one on one is the move?
3: What's your I mean, one on one is the move. And you definitely don't double date with your daughter, daughter. and yeah. her irate at most times <laughs> uh, husband. husband?
1: That, that is not the move. The unfiltered husband doesn't yeah. seem like a good shout. I agree yeah, with that
3: exactly. I just uh, I had no idea that this is what we were going to get when we saw the previews last last episode that we were going to get a Chuck love story. And I, I'm here for it for sure,
1: yeah. so th- I'm also very much here for it. I can't help but feel like, Chuck is being primed to be put on the next season of the single Life.
3: Oh oh yeah like I think there's no question that this right. is what we' are being set up for. I, I'm pretty sure that the person other side of that phone is Sumit. uh you know uh scamming again <laughs> mm-hmm. like being Michael Jones again this time he's just being uh quote unquote Lisa uh, so I that that's gonna be a fun revelation uh, but yeah we were definitely getting Chuck on single life. I think Debbie on single life has been such a hit that uh, Chuck is up next
1: yeah Chuck is up next and honestly I'm not mad at it I feel like you know we've oh, yeah. talked about this with Rob but the family Libby like that is a show that could happen and I'd be very okay with it and uh, Chuck is one of the ones where you know as annoying as some of the siblings get Chuck has always been a fun part of it for me Yeah, Chuck that- has always been palatable he hasn't
3: exactly. been a Charlie uh, he's only, or Becky or Jen but he, Chuck is I can stand
1: to see Chuck for an extended period of time exactly I 100% agree with that no doubt about it okay so then uh we go to the date obviously it's time for hibachi double date and at this double date they arrive and you know chuck is there but the date is not and they teach chuck about the phrase ghosting they're like are you being ghosted he's like yeah i i don't know i texted her a bunch and i called her and then none of that happened So I don't know, you know, like yeah, you're being ghosted. I was like, what does that mean? I don't know. She's busy work. Like, well, text might take five, five minutes. That's fine. So then, um, turns out he gets a text and the text we deduce from the text that she tested positive for COVID and has been spending the whole day at the hospital trying to like get everything sorted and didn't want to text them before she knew for sure, for sure.
3: What is the validity here to you? Listen, listen, listen. I am a big fan of the TV show Catfish. (laughs) <laughs> and instead of teaching Chuck the word ghost, they should have talking the word catfish because that's what this is. This is a catfish move. Like right on the time and date that you're supposed to meet up, you text with some crazy excuse of why you can't get there. Usually, it's car trouble. COVID is uh kind of I guess a new excuse in this new era. Uh, but yeah, this is Chuck is getting catfished for sure.
1: Yeah, that that is also the vibes I am getting. Um, is that wanna, nope. This is not a real thing, or she is not really that interested. And here's the thing. Chuck has a heart next to her name in his phone already. Oh, yeah. That is ridiculous. You have not met this woman. Stop it. Because she might get my heart. I, I want to hook Chuck up to a lie detector test
3: and ask him how much money he's given to this person. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think he's getting a like, scam scammed? Oh, yeah. Like that's what that's what catfish do. Like that's part of the thing. They, they get money from you. I mean, he claims that she has a good job and that she has money, but I, I would like to know how much money he's given her.
1: Well, because in the car on the way over, Andre did make a comment about like what if it's some like chubby guy in dirty underwear? Which said that's a very vivid image. You're picturing yeah. Andre. Where did that? Why? Did, well, first of all, why did the dirty laundry the dirty underwear have to be involved? And also, why why are they a chubby man? Like, what, is, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I, he may have watched one too many catfishes, too. But then she was like, no, no, no. He, they've talked on the phone, which, you know, is the least you can do.
3: Uh, listen, uh, seen catfish, that does not mean a thing. Okay? In 2022,
1: FaceTime at least. Video yes. chat at the very least one time. I don't. Yes. Otherwise, don't give any time because you never know who is on the other side and you're 100% right there. So at this, at this hibachi lunch, now that, you know, they know she's not coming, they proceed to eat and then talk about uh, the immigration status and how nothing's come up yet. And they, and they tell Chuck, you know, obviously uh, Andre thinks that someone in the family may have potentially caused this. Someone in the family may have potentially caused this by complaining or something. And then Chuck said, you know, like you said last week, well, I'm going to be in the meeting and we're going to see who says what. So, We'll find out next week at family therapy. What is the truth there? And let me tell you, uh, I don't think anything's gonna come out there. I think it's just gonna get very loud and very, very, very uncomfortable. Of course. I mean, I would love for something positive to come out of this family therapy, mm-hmm. but
3: I think the chances of that are very low. Um, I will say I I really enjoy the kind of relationship that Chuck and Andre have. Like, I don't know if Andre is like really even likes Chuck or if he's just really trying to like suck up to Chuck at all times, but They seem to be real good buddies.
1: Right. And um, one thing we haven't talked about is we had a little mini Charlie moment where Charlie and his kid and his wife and they're at like the playground. And we don't need to talk about this too much. But Charlie basically wants to have answers to why he's being like shunned because he's the same person he was 10 to 15 years ago as he is now charlie that's the problem Charlie, and you've then, always sucked
3: like yeah the, that's the problem you haven't changed but maybe other people have changed or realized that you are horrible
1: right and now um they make a comment about how uh yeah let him hit you because if he does i'll call the cops and we'll get his ass deported so oh. we know what energy they're coming into this with and we know andre's not going to take that i'm ready to feel uncomfortable so yeah, we'll see was, how that goes.
3: That was such a gross statement from his wife. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I can't believe he actually said that out loud." And I mean, for Charlie, Charlie just like the, the the consummate Florida man. Like, if you look Florida man up in the dictionary, like Charlie is there
1: with his like little shark fin uh, hairstyle. I just I I can't with that man. Can't do it. Big yikes! We'll see you next week in the family therapy session that is going to be coming to a screen near you. All right, final couple. Again, this the couple carrying the season at this point, in our opinion. Yes. It's Kim and Usman, Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason. So this whole thing with Kim and Usman and, and Jamal being all together in the midst of talking about adopting his brother's child who doesn't know that they're gonna ask for adoption. We have to deal with all of this, okay. And deal with Usman's situation with Jamal, which they have a one-on-one, which I thought was very cool. And uh, how did you feel about all this? Tell me. So with the with the first little segment they had, where like uh,
3: Jamal and Usman meet up for a poolside chat, and Jamal is just like is only talking sense. I love Jamal being here in the midst of this. Because he's just the one like one person thinking rationally and clearly. And as he's speaking facts to Usman, like, you know, she's making a lot of sacrifices. Like, you apparently think you're making most, but my mom's making a lot of sacrifice. Didn't you think you should think about how, how you're going to live together first before you bring a child into this? And I love Usman's response, like, in a confession. He's like, yeah, Jamal is too much in his mom's business. He needs to go because, you know... From Usman's perspective, like, he can't have this guy talking sense to his mom. Like, that's not going to be good for
1: Usman, Right. It, it cannot end well at all. But I absolutely did love how Jamal defended uh, Kim in this conversation with Usman because I felt like he made it clear that, listen, where we come from, not saying the whole truth kind of can feel like a lie. And that feels, feels like you could have potentially lied here a little bit. And sometimes I do feel like you don't realize how much my mom does for you. I'm not saying you don't appreciate it, but I feel like you think it's a little you're up here. You're doing a lot more and she's down here, whereas I think it's more of a middle, which I don't think he spoke ill and wrong on any of it. But I feel like if you're if you're Usman and Jamal is the one like pushing back at you this when you've just met him, I can see why he's turned off on this a little bit. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's got to go. He's talking too much sense. And, and, you know, Usman, you know, as some
3: of our people do on this show, like he talks like they use culture to kind of cover some things up. He's like, oh, well, in my culture, not telling the whole truth isn't a lie. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I, that's not lying. I just I, I'm not like that's a little much. Usman. I think even in your culture, like not telling the whole truth is still considered a lie.
1: Listen, here's the thing, right? That can be subjective depending on the depth of the topic at hand. So, for example, if someone's like, what did you have for lunch? And I'm like, oh, I had a burger. I don't tell them I had fries, a salad and some nuggets on the side. I wouldn't say I'm lying. I had a burger. That's like the main piece. But if it's coming down to adopting your brother's son and I have flown across continents to be here and then I found out that you've not talked to your brother at all. And I'm about to throw in and be in a blindside situation. You've lied to me. Let's be real. You have lied there.
3: Yeah, that's a situation where I'm going to need all the details before I even get on a plane to to bother with this.
2: Because
3: mm-hmm. I, I think the implications are that you've talked to your brother and we all know that those are the implications. And for you to not give those details is active lying.
1: Right. And I don't know. I don't I just feel like it's it's ridiculous that Usman thinks he's not doing anything wrong here. But um, he feels like Jamal's getting in their business too much. So that's like his the thing he's left with here. Um, And then they go to meet the his brother for, you know, the talk about adoption. Jamal also joins them. So the brother doesn't know why he's invited here. The brother's there with his wife, with their two children, one of them being Mahadi, who is subject potentially of being adopted. And we do get the, the killer moment of we're thinking of adopting Mahadi. And he's like, huh? Huh? What? So, huh? what was that? I feel like that was the best part. And they put that in the next time on because it seems like they're genuinely considering this adoption question the ask. But there's one big caveat that I think is going to be the deal breaker here. They really want uh, Mahadi to not lose his religious orientation, meaning. They would like for Mahadi to grow up Muslim in a Muslim household with the teachings of Islam, etc. And Jamal immediately asked, "Well, does that mean you would want my mom to convert?" And they're like, "Yeah." She said, "Nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not converting to Muslim." Which I was like, "It's it's Islam, Muslim. <laughs> it, that's not how you say it." She kept saying it. That's fine um, because and I think her her reason wasn't too like wild to me because. The conversion thing, I wouldn't have thought was a big deal until I realized, oh, yeah, Usman might not still be here year round. So that's an issue. Then you have to raise the child and you don't know anything about the religion. That could be a problem. So that's clearly the one big obstacle now, because I feel like his brother seemed a little bit more open to the adoption. The wife, not so much. Um, What did you think about this whole situation?
3: Listen, I, I think that Usman's brother was trying to be uh pleasant and not mean or harsh. And I think he's try he's trying to gently put in a way like this isn't a good idea because of this. He doesn't want to be like, No, this is stupid, Usman. What are you doing? Like you're not going to take my child. I, I just I don't think there's any way that Muhammad would is even really considering this. And the, the wife damn sure and considering this uh, she definitely was like uh, no Uh, I think even she said this is awkward like (laughs) as he's asking Uh, so I think I think think for Kim that she should have this is another thing that they should have thought about before even broaching the subject with the brother I think Jamal Jamal is not like Jamal might want to consider just sticking with next to his mother's side for a good while to make sure that she's making the right choices because I mean no one even brought that up until Jamal asked that. Like, so does that mean you're going to want her to convert? And that's where that conversation comes up where Kim is so ardently like, no, not going to do that. So I think, and then she gets mad at Uzman all over again for not thinking of this before.
1: Again, like I felt I understood her because she was like, here I am, this this white woman that's coming into your house and asking you to take your your child away from you to the U.S. Like, of course, I feel uncomfortable, especially because I didn't know that this was a conversation that I had to be a part of because I thought that it was already spoken about. Now it seems like I'm asking, which I don't think she wanted at all. Yeah, bro, this is just, this is crazy. Like, this is a
3: crazy situation to be in. And as much as Usman wants to say, like, no, this is normal, like, we just, we take our, our brother's kids all the time, like, n- n- no, this is weird. I think anywhere, this is weird. Just outright asking your brother for their child, brother, right? For the three year old son that you have spent, you know, the last three years raising. Just, hey, yeah, just, just hand him over to me. That's, I think that's weird anywhere. Like, I, as, as much as he wants
1: to say it's not, it is. I feel, well, the thing is, even if the the brother's fine with it, there's clearly some specific conditions they have for it that they are not equipped to have happen or at least have happen exactly the way the brother's conditions would be. And this just seems like a big oversight from Usman, where he's like, "Okay, I can't have a second wife. I need to have a child. What do I do? Okay, adoption could be the move. Adopt my own son. That's uh, my own uh, nephew. nephew. That's my blood. That makes sense. But also now. The wrinkle isn't a second wife. The wrinkle is uh, your wife would have to change, convert to a different religion, which she does not want to do. So how is that going to play out? We don't know. And then it, ultimately it ends with uh, Jamal and Kim having a side conversation. And Jamal really stood his ground here, which I did love seeing. He's like, you've never wanted a kid before. So to me, this, you know, when you give me a reason that makes sense, I would understand. She's like, well, I'm giving you reasons. He replies, No, i feel like the reasons you're giving are for usman like usman wants a kid so you're willing to have a kid usman wants this you're willing to do this why you need to like decide for you what's good for you and i love that from him
3: yeah i I loved him really putting her in check and giving her a reality check like hey like this is ridiculous like you are like bending over backwards for this man when you don't even know how what your life's gonna be like Two three years, two three months down the line, you don't know what things are going to be like. So just slow down and really think about what you're doing before you do it. Like he tells, like you never wanted, you never even talked about like wanting other kids before this. And Kim's like, well, that's before this fell in my lap. I'm like, this fell in your lap. Like that's like not a way to talk about like a child you are going to ad- like going to it. Ad- the the fact, <laughs> the fact that I'm saying that is crazy to me. Like that Kim is even like thinking
1: of doing this is nuts right it's it's wild it's wild it's a lot and then on the next time on um they're fighting so we'll see more fighting big fight episode next week with liz and ed with kim and usman with andre and Libby at family therapy with angela being pissed off at michael for whatever reason so it's a you know the the paradise there's trouble in it we're gonna have a lot of beef to go through next week jason
3: Yeah, you know, it had been a minute before we got a full fight episode. So, yeah, I'm glad I kind of got in before before that. I feel like the first time I was on the season was was a fight episode. And (laughs) I'm a little glad to be missing another fight episode.
1: It was literally last week when we talked about how happy we were that you were back for an episode that didn't require that and that it's been peaceful. That's coming to an end, and we're about to throw Robin to the deep end. So, yeah, listen,
3: much like life, this is a circle. We will eventually always get back to a fight episode because that's
1: what—that's kind of in an essence what part of Nine Day is. Exactly. All right, Jason. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode here. I hope you had fun with us. Thank you for joining us for a second week in a row. Let the people know where can they find you. What else you have going on?
3: Uh yeah, always a fun time. Puya, I will. I will run to the ninety day. Uh, hot mess express whenever you ask me uh people can find me on twitter at jayr1085 um at the moment i am on show recaps talking about welcome to chippendales with sarah carradine uh normally you can find me on the perfect match podcast with my co-host asia welch talking about murder for sight we are in between seasons we will be back in the beginning of
1: january so check us out there lovely thank you so much for that jason Um, You can all find me on Twitter, of course, at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. Come through, say hi. I would appreciate that. And um, that's about all I've got for you right now. I did get on the BNB this past week, the RHA BNB with the lovely Liana Boris, of course, uh, as we had a double date of our own with Jenny and Phil joining us to talk about the penultimate episode of Survivor. The finale, of course, is this week. And uh, then we've got No More Survivor for a little bit. So we'll see how all of that goes. You can find that. And uh, if you would like to leave a rating and review for this podcast, I would really appreciate that. I hope you'll find the show. And it also gives me some feedback of what works, what doesn't work. But for now, we have arrived at the destination here on the Hot Mess Express. I hope you enjoyed your time here with us. Take care. Have a good one. And I'll see you next week talking about a lot of drama with Rob Sesternino. Take care. Have a good one.
2: Bye. 18 plus.